Good afternoon. You're listening to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash New Haven Independent or go to your Facebook page and look us up. You can also hit Seahurst to see and hear all the great programs that we have here on WNHHLP. Good afternoon. It is Monday, April the 24th, 2023. I am your host, Joe Lachance. I am flying solo right now. Uh, uh, my co-host, Uncle Lou, will be joining us soon. But obviously, being the busy man that he is and working on a brand new venture, sometimes, uh, you know, you have to do things to get that going. So I totally understand. And uh, we will be seeing Lou a little bit later on in the show. But welcome to Cannabis Corner. I'm your host, Joe Lachance. So uh, last week was 420. And I wanted to give a big, big shout out. To all the Canna Warriors out there who went out and did uh, did that great protest at the, uh, it was actually a rally, not a protest. I shouldn't say that. It's become more of a rally and a place for people to kind of uh, gather on 420. It's become like a tradition, and I think it's a great thing. This year, they actually got some news coverage, which was good, bringing the profile of cannabis a little bit further and further into the mainstream. Uh, letting people know what's actually going on. And, you know, since we're on the subject, I wanted to, uh, I'm going to do something that we don't normally do, but I, they they actually, and this brings up my friend, good friend, Jason Ortiz as well. I'd like to send him a shout out, a huge shout out for all the work that he's doing with SSDP and keeping up the fight. And I got to say, you know, he also made this news piece and I think, you know, it was shown on actual national NBC. So it's a big deal because Connecticut was shown there and one of our top activists is actually heard in there. And I'm going to do something we don't normally do, but I'm actually going to try and show a video to you guys uh, that was actually played. So let's let's do this and uh, we can play this thing. OK, so that experiment didn't work out very well. Uh, <laughs> I guess there was no audio. All right. Well, I don't want to go through it again. Uh, I'm sorry to our listeners for that dead air that was in there. Uh, I, um, I definitely next time I will do that. But again, this is what happens when you try something new and you don't, uh, you don't, you don't try it, test it out first. But anyway, okay. So. 
I wanted to just say that the piece touched on a lot of uh, a lot of important things. Uh, it did have uh, Woody Harrelson there, but I think the crux of it is that with uh, with uh, new states coming online, you know, there are. Uh, I believe another state came on today. I think it was Delaware. Let me check. Um, but yeah, a lot of new a new state come online. I know Minnesota is going up for a vote. And uh, yeah, Delaware, here it is. Late Friday, Democrat Governor John Carney announced that he would allow a pair of bills, HB1 and HB2, to become law absent in his signature. HB1 eliminates criminal and civil penalties for the possession of personal use quantities of cannabis flour and other products, including marijuana per paraphernalia. So uh, for those 21 ages of older. Uh, and then House Bill establishes a licensing system to regulate marijuana production and retail sales. And it calls for the issuance of 30 initial retail marijuana licenses 30 manufacturing licenses, 60 cultivation licenses, and five testing licenses. So this is Delaware, a very small state, uh, probably the one of the two smallest states in the country, that and Rhode Island. So now both of those states actually have uh, legalized cannabis. So I think that's a good thing. Um, but you know, they touched on quite a few things that the fact that until it's federally legal, uh, you know, a lot of states, there's still a lot of banking issues that, you know, that people can't get insurance. There's a lot of different things um, that were covered in that piece. And again, I want to apologize that that was uh, there was no audio. But, um, you know, I could try it again because I'm waiting for our guest. And then today we have a great guest on, actually. It is uh, Cristino from the uh, Vino Herb CBD, and that's a CBD wine. So uh, the CBD wine, uh, she's, she's from Connecticut. I don't want to get too much into her story, but um, I do want to uh, try and do this video again. And now I see the thing, and let's do it again. I want to uh, play this because hanging I want out, having a good time tonight. It's not just lighting up on marijuana's unofficial holiday known as 420. Spending 420, changing laws in the There's nation's Jason. capital. Work is getting done as bipartisan lawmakers come together trying to propel pot legalization forward. If you told me that I would be speaking in this room on this topic, I would have told you that that's just not going to happen. Three, two, one. Just over 10 years since Washington and Colorado first legalized recreational weed in 2012. Now, access to cannabis in 21 states and Washington, D.C. is fully legal. And in another 19 states, people can consume marijuana for medicinal purposes. Yet even where it's legal, those states are still facing big challenges from the the federal government. When Congress is not acting on what 70% of Americans want, there's something wrong. Marijuana is classified as a Schedule One drug. The DEA is still putting the plant in the same category as heroin and LSD. 
It's creating headaches for small dispensary owners who can't operate like other businesses. Most banks won't work with them, and they lack traditional tax exemptions. See, there's the problem. They can't. On Hill, most banks won't work with them, and they can't that would give legal get marijuana the tax exemptions. Access to banking services. We caught up with one of the most recognizable faces in marijuana. Great. On advocacy, rubbing elbows with lawmakers here today. There's Woody After Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. No one has ever died consumption of cannabis. I've tried. You can't overdose. <laughs> that is great. Harrelson co-owns a California dispensary and is blunt about the realities blunt. of the legal pot industry. Well, we're getting taxed like crazy. Banking is not I allowed like that. to touch it, this industry. He's also working to end the stigma. Even if people don't want to smoke it, they don't necessarily want to see you go to jail. But even as the movement advances, there have been setbacks. California, the largest weed market in the world, now, this saw is revenue a key drop point. for the first time last year, with some pointing out it's cheaper to buy black there you go. that isn't taxed. And on the opposite coast, a different concern. And this is a big deal in, in New York. Licenses for marijuana. As unlicensed pot shops pop up block after block in New York, former Mayor Michael Bloomberg writing a scathing op-ed, arguing that lax enforcement is endangering the city's children. Still, we've come a long way from the war on drugs. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. A new tune from some in the Republican Party. We're behind yeah. the times here in Congress. Way. And way behind the times. Free! At last! It'll probably be a while before we see this in the halls of Congress. But we are closer to a joint effort. You got joint effort. Of the aisle here. Me, I'm, a, I'm an anarchist. You know, I'm Me a, too. A purple. I don't know what, but... Uh, uh, I, I'm just happy to be here with these two who really care about this subject. I really like Woody Thanks Harrelson. Thanks for watching our YouTube. That's great. I thought that was great. Um, and uh, I see that our guest is here now. So I'm going to introduce her. Uh, hold on. That's not the right uh, window. Yeah, our guest is in now. I want to introduce Christine. So... Um, Hold on one second. As a fourth generation in the Musto Wine Grape Company family business, Cristino Musto Quick sources grapes from home and commercial wine for home and commercial winemakers in New England. She's a founding member of Women Winemakers of Connecticut and the American Wine Society, New England Winemakers Chapter. Driven to support her wellness through hemp power, Christina's journey to creating CBD-infused beverages began in her late 20s when she began to take on more hardships in her life. The combination of therapy, yoga, meditation, and positive lifestyle adjustments changed and saved her life. Focused on her well-being and the drive to empower other women across the country, Christina founded Vino Herb in January of 2022. Vino Herb is a female-founded and operated company that strives to provide world-class, de-alcoholized, hemp-infused wine to wine lovers across the country. Christina, how are you today? Good, 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 good. Welcome to the show. Um, can I can't hear you that well. Can you turn up your volume a little? Um, okay, so listen, I'm very intrigued. 
Uh, I did not know that there were even people in New England who were growing grapes. Um, Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about this is a family business. This is something that your family has been doing for quite a while. How long and and, um, you know, what type of grapes do you grow? And where's your uh, I guess it's called a vineyard. Where's your vineyard located? Yeah. Now, uh, I guess from reading the bio, it's you've been more selling to other winemakers and you haven't really produced. Have you produced your own wine before this CBD wine? Yes, but on a much smaller scale. So I actually help consult with some wineries. Um, I work with other winemakers. Um, I have my sommelier degree. Uh, so oh. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I've never put a wine out into the marketplace, like a label, but, um, I've definitely one of those, um, behind the scenes type person that has um, helped from, from grape to class. Right, right. So now you're stepping out and, and you are branding your own brand of wine. And what I find is interesting is that it is de-alcoholized. And, and, you know, I was curious, you know, because I've always been curious, like, how do you make non-alcohol wine? How do you make it non-alcohol beer? Because I guess the whole thing that differentiates wine from grape juice is the fact that it's fermented, right? And through the fermenting process, you, um, is where the alcohol comes in, right? That's where it starts to alcoholize. I mean, I've even had apple juice ferment in my refrigerator. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> it will, right? It just naturally happens. Certain fruits, actually probably any fruit will ferment and, and, and create alcohol. That's part of the process. So in order to maintain, you know, a good flavor, a nice wine, um, how do you de-alcoholize your wine. So we work with a company out in California who has this very light distillation process. Um, they use kind of this like cone, might use the wrong word, centrifuge style of distillation. And so that way we're not totally losing all of the flavor. Our first try around, we've, we've gone through, this is probably version four of the wine um, at this point. We've gone through a lot of different trials and tribulations of trying to get the blend down. But you know, the first time we did the distillation, it was with like an actual still, and that really stripped everything out. So the new style that we're using allows there to still be some of that wine present after the um, because it does it does take out some body and some flavor. And I always tell people when they drink, like especially our Cabernet Sauvignon, not to expect the Napa Cabernet, like body and things like that. It's just mm -hmm. a little bit lighter on the palate, um, but still has really good. Okay, very, very good. So once you de-alcoholize the, de the wine, mm -hmm. <laughs> then now you start the infusion process, right? Or does that happen before? It's it obviously after, right? After, yeah. And you have about, the de-alcoholized wine is very unstable. So you ha only have about like five days to get it in the bottle and protect it. So we, it's a pretty quick process. Like once we get it de-alcoholized, Move it and it's hit with our emulsion um, and isolates right away and then bottled um, that same day. So that's wow. everything, you know, cohesive and, you know, uh, protected and, and. And then it's bottled. And now, and now I read also that you infuse it with both CBD and CBG. 
Yeah. Right. So you get kind of a, a nice little benefit. Now, do you add terpenes in or, or not? Or do you think that would conflict too much with the flavor? I think that would conflict with the flavor. Um, I feel like there's definitely a portion of the population that would love it. But um, yeah, I think for, for the general public, I think that might be a little, little too much for their palate because CBD in general or CBD also, I mean, there's a bitter quality to it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's gummies right. and anything, you know? So um, it takes a lot to work with that emulsion. It's you're not like tasting Granny Smith apple or feel like you're biting into apple and salivating a lot. Um, so that's one of the reasons we steer away from this. Right, right. Well, that makes sense. You know, once I said it, I thought about it and it's like, I can't think of a terpene that would mix well with wine, maybe linoline, you know what I mean? Um, that's it. I don't know about limonene. It might be too much. Throw a little, little lemon in the, the wine. But that's obviously something down the road. Now that you've got it down, you can experiment with. Yeah, exactly. You know? And every every vintage, we experiment um, and try to, you know, make it better. Right. Well, of course, of course. And and obviously, you just started in 2022. So, you know, you're a fairly new company. Um, but you know, I was looking at your website and I see you got like, uh, five, di four different types right now, five yeah. different types, right? Five different types. Yeah. We're going to be moving to four. Um, we're going to be sticking with the sangria, the rosé, uh, the Chardonnay and the Cabernet, uh, moving forward. But, um, we will be introducing a white sangria soon and a sparkling wine as well, or sparkling, oh. sparkling non-alcoholic as well. Oh, very, very nice. Well, I can't wait to try your stuff. And I do know that you will be up at NECAN. Uh, we are. We're able to pour samples. So we're really excited. Um, so definitely stop by our booth and, you know, taste the wines. And we'd love some feedback. And, yeah, we're excited to, to meet everybody. We're really excited for the show. Yeah, very. Yeah, no, me too. Um, you know, I'll be over at NECAN. I'm actually helping to coordinate and put together the show. But I'm really, really looking forward to a lot of the great stuff they got going on there. Yeah, it should be. I mean, there are a lot of great speakers that are already signed up. Yep, um, yep. So I'm excited. I'm hoping that I'll be able to kind of sneak away and go to some of those. <laughs> uh, kind of check those out. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Um, but yeah, no, that'll be a good time. And I noticed that you also now, where do you basic, where do you sell most of your wine? You're based out of you yourself or out of New England, correct? I am. Yes. Yeah. So I'm stationed in Connecticut. Um, my business partner is out in California. I fly out every year, like three or four times a year to work on the wines with him. Um, and, you know, just make sure that we both agree on the palate. Um, and then I ship it back here, you know, um, we're shipping our grapes here anyway, so it kind of works out. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we work with a couple local people, local shops, um, in the area and otherwise we sell online, but we're looking to expand into as many shops as possible. Um, you know, I really think that this is a product that can help a lot of people. Well, especially since it's de-alcoholized. Um, you don't have to worry about the whole, uh, you know, getting it, you know, liquor stores and, and all that, the liquor regulations, correct? Correct. Yeah. That's the great thing about it. Um, you know, the stores I'm in aren't even liquor stores, um, right, I tried right. liquor stores, but no one's been that open yet that I've, I've met <laughs> So maybe one day, <laughs> maybe someday. Right. And now the next step obviously would start to be getting places to serve it. 
You know what I mean? That would be kind of cool as well. Well, I actually do have a local bar in Wallingford um, who um, who serves it. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. yeah. It's yeah. So that's pretty cool. Very, very nice. So that's great. So um, now I wanted to ask you. Now, obviously, you're doing CBD right now. Um, is there a potential to take this product? into the adult use market and possibly do a THC version or a Delta eight version. Is there any plans to do that? Or is that a possibility? Can you even infuse it with THC? So yes, we're looking into that right now. Um, it might unfortunately just be California starting out in California only because of um, getting it here, you know, crossing state lines and everything. Um, and there's no one that does that type of distillation out here, but um, it's it's definitely in the works. Um, for people, you know, in the New England area, I always tell them like to take like their THC drops and drop it into their glass, and then they can, you know, have their, you know, their own experience. Especially because I'm not, um, I've never really partaked in THC when I was in college. I tried it and I got so paranoid. It was just like an opposite mm. terrible effect for me. So it's something that I never really dove into. Um, I know nowadays um, the stuff I've tried has been amazing. It's completely different. I feel like with whatever I had in college. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. You know, way, way better now. <laughs> better um, selection now. <laughs> yeah, probably would have loved it if it was this style in college. But um, but yeah, so I'm not um, super confident on, on the dosages yet, but you know, hopefully within the next year, we'll have it out in California. That would be great. At least you can start it out there. Yeah, because I guess you would have to. I mean, I think you could ship the wine here uninfused, but like you said, you only have five days. That's cutting it close because then you'd have to bottle it anyway and then open it back up again, right? And infuse it. It might lower the quality and stuff like that. Well, and there are ways to ship it unbottled. You know, I have no problem with that. It's, um, yeah, it's the trucking situation that's just so volatile right now, which I feel like every industry is experiencing. Um, that's the real issue. Yeah, no, I don't think you could trust it to get from California to here in five days, honestly. No, you, re you really can't. You really um, can't. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, but I know that there are companies that move things. So maybe in the future, if, if that's something that, that works out. Yeah. And you never know. Look, I did a piece at the beginning of the show about how the laws are changing, mm -hmm. you know, and you might be able to have interstate travel someday where you could actually bottle it and make it in California and then bring it out here. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, what you think, but I've also thought about even just working with a local vendor of THC oils or tinctures and doing like a little package. Oh, like a kit. Like a little kit yeah and then people can kind of do it themselves and it's still different but because it's not you know water soluble isolate style but you know it could still give that same effect and people could enjoy it that way yeah from what i understand there is a water soluble thc but it's it's not quite it's not quite there yet it's not you know it, i don't know why i mean they can distill cbd into a powder but yeah, they do have it, but it's in any, you know, I guess it's just a matter of time before they, they exactly. get it down, they get it down right. But no, I see a huge market out there for what you're doing. You know, um, I think the sky's the limit. And of course, it 
Now you can, because it's CBD now, you can ship it all over the country, right? I think it's like two states um, that's, you know, have some issues with it. But um, yeah, no, so we pretty much do ship all over the country. Um, And um, yeah, no, it's been really great. Uh, The more people find out about it, the more people love it. You know, um, I think it's an interesting concept if you're like a big wine collector, uh, Mm -hmm. because the taste profile is a little bit different, uh, because it does have that CBD hemp five. I mean, the first sip, you get that little bit of hemp. And then the second sip, it kind of dissipates out and all of the wine flavors come through. Uh, But most people who, you know, enjoy a glass of wine every day as a way to wind down, really love it because they're not dealing with the negative effects of alcohol, but they're getting all of the nice experiences of a wine. And then all the positives of the CBD and CBG. I mean, people, I know it's like tough to talk about, you know, you can't say that it definitely does X, Y, or Z, but a lot of people have a lot of, benefit from, you know, partaking in those types of, of products, you know, health benefits wise. No, absolutely. You know, I've always said, I say, you know, CBD should be almost like a supplement for people. It really should. Be, yeah. You know, and you take it in a small dose every day. I think it really can just build up your endocannabinoid system. No different than you would take fish oil or, you know, a vitamin every day just to build up your immune system or, give yourself heart health or whatever. Um, I think CBD is like the endocannabinoid builder. And most Americans suffer from endocannabinoid deficiency, probably not people like us, but the average American, you know, doesn't have the healthiest diet, doesn't, you know, always engage in in the, the healthiest habits. And their endocannabinoid and they don't intake enough to feed their endocannabinoid system because it's not coming from their food. It's definitely not coming, but in your endocannabinoid system, which regulates homeostasis, is a key system in your body. So you should treat it like your nervous system. You should treat it like your circulatory system. You should treat it like your digestive system that it needs maintenance. You know, we're all taking our probiotics, right? (laughs) We take our iron pills or whatever to help our circulation, our fish oil for our heart, you know, whatever other supplements, we all figure out a supplement to help build up whatever various systems in our body. I think this system is just as important and CBD doesn't get you high. No, CBD just will help you relieve symptoms from it's an analgesic so it's it's almost like an aspirin how do you can you really tell that you took an aspirin other than the fact that your headache's gone do you know what i mean yeah i mean (laughs) that's how you knew you took aspirin and that's (laughs) how you know you take cbd oh my headache's gone oh my anxiety's gone oh i was able to sleep you know oh my pain is gone but you're not feeling high you're feeling relieved. And and that's the difference between, you know, what an analgesic does. And uh, so I think that's key. And I think what you're doing is great because, you know, I never thought that you would be able to do that because I know you don't want to put it with alcohol. You really don't. You don't want to infuse an alcoholized wine with CBD 
You know, some because people it's do. Ca- I some know, but it's kind of. Def- <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, between you and I, alcohol is not the best thing for your body. I don't care if it comes from wine or beer or liquor. It's just not good for your body. So by it's almost like you counteract the uh, the the two things. You're putting in something good which is CBD that's helping your body and and building something. And then you're putting alcohol in, which isn't so good, which can be a little, dare I say, destructive to your system. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, my business partner um, is a recovering alcoholic and, um, you know, I was definitely like a functioning alcoholic for a long time there. Um, And uh, we both talked about it. Me too. we we wish we had this when we were younger or knew about it, you know, or, I mean, I know it wasn't really out there 10 plus years ago, the way it is now, but, you know, alcohol is just, it's just not good for you. And, um, you know, I, I definitely, because of like my anxiety, you know, I'd have like one or two glasses of something, wine or one or two beers, whatever. And then once I hit that third drink, you know, if I'm just that little bit more anxious and I was like, I just need something else to take the edge off. I'm almost there and feeling like normal, that would be, it would be like off the races and it would be like, you know, right. just too much at that point. You know, There's that point there, where you cross, you cross from buzzed mm-hmm. to, just, to drunk and then you're right. Then there's no stopping. Well, I think it's about three, you know, three. Is- <laughs> that was for me at least. I mean, yeah. everybody has their number. Now that I know, think but- of it, mine was about that too. Once you hit three turns into 10, you know, yeah. and, and that's the thing. Three doesn't come four. No, 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 no. You have to triple it now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially after having kids. Like, it's pretty much just one at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but that's the beauty of the CBD wine, you know, because mm-hmm. it will relax you like wine does. Maybe not the same way that a glass of wine does, but you will get a relaxed feeling from it, especially with the CBG in it. Well, that's the great thing is the CBG most people don't know about. And that's probably my favorite part of the wine. You know, it really it has so many health benefits or, you know, opportunities, possibilities. um, And it really kicks the CBD into high gear as well. And there, there was actually a study. It's funny you mentioned fish oil. There's actually a study about how CBG um, enhances fish oil, sure. so enhances the effects of fish oil. Uh, CBG, there's a study out there that shows that it helps increase people's um, anti-anxiety. So SSRIs, if you're taking mm-hmm. SSRI, um, it'll actually help increase its potency. So it'll help it work um, from a natural level. And it just, it's just an all around helpful tool. You know, they're showing studies that it helps with um, the elimination or the reproduction of cancer cells. So people who are in um, remission, there was like, um, it was a 2021 study that came out that um, supposedly, you know, said that, you know, it reduces viability of certain cancer cells. Um, There is another study that came out that, um, you know, it helps with um, different types of like brain cell death issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, there's a lot more information out there on the internet now. I I think, what was her name? Bonnie Goldstein, MG, mm-hmm. wrote um, the book, yeah, uh, Cannabis as Medicine, is a great way to learn about cannabis and the different ways that it can help you in pretty much like all ailments, um, especially if you're someone who's looking to do more of like 
whether in some type of recovery or if you're looking for a more holistic approach or an approach that will help enhance whatever you're dealing with, whether it's like diabetes or, you know, um, chronic pain. And there's just so many opportunities for, for the stuff to help others. Yeah. And I think people, people need to realize that. And I'm glad there's more information out there. And I know you said you, you started this journey because of a personal transformation that you started to have, you know, you did start to look into more holistic things. I noticed you said yoga, meditation, a few things like that. Uh, and I think, you know, this gets to, to the point of holistic. Do you know what I mean? So you, you, and unlike I was pointing out before with the alcohol, it's taking CBD and eating right and practicing whatever. You don't have to practice yoga, but giving your body some kind of exercise and meditation are all part of a holistic plan to keep not only just get into better health, but to maintain better health. Yes. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. And and I think, you know, a lot of people miss the benefits of cannabis, uh, the benefits of CBD when they're taking taking it and you know the full benefits. And then they'll go out and get drunk for the night, you know, and smoke a lot of pot. Okay. So you got really stoned. That's fine. And you did take in a lot of cannabinoids into your body, but at the same time, you put it, took in a lot of alcohol, which is an irritant, which is an inflammatory thing. So basically all the THC or CBD that you took in is going to be taken and used to combat the inflammatory things. <laughs> You're kind just... of balancing it out, but like probably not enough still. <laughs> no, yeah. Or you go out and let's say you eat, you know, and I don't want to put, you know, but you eat like a bunch of fried food, you know, yeah. you eat French fries, these things and a bunch of processed food, chips and Pop-Tarts or whatever. It's the same thing. You're not getting the full benefits because, you know, whatever cannabinoids you are taking in, whether it's through smoking pot or, you know, whatever, uh, or just taking CBD is being directed right to the stuff that you're putting in. So you have to be kind of your own doctor, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, for me, it was kind of the same thing not, I mean, I'm always using, I've always used cannabis recreationally. I did stop drinking like 35 years ago. Uh, and I found, haven't had the need to take a drink since then. And a lot of it is because, uh, you know, I've been able to use cannabis instead. And, you know, I'm going to say when I, in the beginning, you know, we're talking, I was 25 years old back then. I would not drink, but use a lot of cannabis. Mm-hmm. And over the years, after becoming educated, you know, I had a health issue with uh, hepatitis. And I was looking into natural ways to help the process that I was going through because I was going through that interferon treatment for it. And I don't know if you know about that. That can be very devastating to your body because it's almost like chemo. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's a mild form of chemo and you self-inject it. It was quite an experience. (laughs) 
But anyway, what bring me to that is I started researching, uh, you know, and it was in 2000. So marijuana was already legalized for medicine in a couple states. And there was some research out there. And I went to my doctor and I said, listen, I want something to relieve these side effects. Can I start using marijuana? He says, yeah. He says, it doesn't affect your liver. Marijuana is not metabolized in your liver, especially when you smoke it. It goes straight into your bloodstream through your lungs. And he actually recommended that I start using it while I was on the treatment. And I'm like, good, I already am. But now I know, you know, and that's when I kind of got into it as medicine. You know, I, I really started looking at it in an entirely different light, like, okay, this is not just to get high. This is actually medicine. And that's kind of when my journey started too, was with a health crisis. And of course, along with that, you look at yourself and the doctor tells you, you know, if you don't do this treatment, you're going to die. Eventually this will kill you. It's like, okay, so you're facing death. And it's the same thing. You kind of go through a little bit of a transformation. It's like, oh, okay. So I really could die, you know, and I'm only 45 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let me get it together here. And that's when I started with the diet and the meditation and, and, you know, using cannabis more medicinally, taking more supplements and, and really realizing that I am the steward of my body. There, you know, doctors are there, but they're not always right. They're not always good. You know, a lot of people forget that you can graduate medical school with a C as well as a C average, as well as an A average, and you're still allowed to go out there and practice. <laughs> also, there's like a lot of um, interesting connections to the pharmaceutical industry as well. So you also yeah. have to kind of watch... Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really want to get into my opinions about the medical industry, big pharma. No, I could. Don't get me wrong. We could do a whole show on that. But um, because I haven't had great experiences with the medical industry. People in my family haven't had great experience with the medical industry. Uh, you know, I think big pharma does more harm than good. And it's it's a business. It's It's not about helping and curing people. Because once you actually cure somebody, right, then they're no longer your customer. Then they are no longer paying into the system. So it's not about curing. It's treating. It's treatment. It's almost like sustaining your illness. Uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But yeah. I don't I think anybody. For a long time too. <laughs> I don't think anybody who's been on opioids. Uh, can tell you that it was a it was a great experience. Someone who's been hooked on opioids, and I know many, many, many people who never had a problem with it, never tried heroin in, in their entire life, and they got addicted because of a prescription that a doctor gave them, who was supposed to be looking out for their health, and did nothing when the symptoms of addiction started popping up. And these are young people. Yeah. You know, for their entire lives at that point. They, they're done. I knew somebody who never had a heroin problem. I didn't see him for years. I came back and he's on the methadone program. How did that happen? And he's probably going to have to be on that, like you say, for the rest of his life. 
unless he can pull himself out of it and and see that there might be an alternative, which could actually be cannabis. It could, it could, but that that one's a difficult one to get out of. Oh yeah, once they put you on methadone, you know, that's, it's, I know people who've been on that for years, you yeah. know, but it's a terrible thing. But I can tell just from reading your bio that you have been through some stuff yourself. And, you know, this is why you're doing what you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, because it's, it's, you look back and it's like, what would you tell your younger self, you know, and, and, you know, especially after having kids, it's just like, I just wish that there was information out there or like I had a friend or just, you know, it, you know, it's just hard. It's hard being a young person. It's, it's hard these days to, you know, socialize and, you know, because of Big you know, time. going through shutdown and everything like that. So you know, I know a lot of people who came out of shutdown, like full on blown alcoholics now and mm-hmm. are trying to fight that. And, you know, just having this tool to like help other people come off of that and still be able to enjoy, you know, their wine or a, a beverage. And yeah. but then they're still kind of like helping themselves. Like my, um, my husband's a big insomniac and he would have like a beer at night or two trying to just, you know, help him go to sleep. And now he will have, you know, one glass. And that helps him sleep through the night, right. you know, just, just things like that, that, and it's something that, like you said, is just enriching our endocrine system. It's not taking away from it. Um, it's just helping enrich it. And even like people, like my father has um, some chronic pain because he's just like walked on like a, a produce cement dock his entire life. So it's right. Just right. Of course you get hard. that. Yeah. So, and he's in his sixties, you know, it's just, it's that time when that type of stuff starts to show up for people. And he ended up having a glass of the cab every night for like two weeks. And he saw significant, you know, changes and it's, he's still getting better. And I also think that, you know, when people start to see those types of, if if that starts to happen to you, you know, then it kind of kickstarts the whole health journey in general, you know, and then you're, then you're looking at your food, what's on the nutrition labels, your, um, talking to other people who, you know, are more into you know, yoga or just, just ways to move your body and just, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a, a kickstart into the health world as well. Um, you know, then something, something else. Yeah. Our bodies were made to move. So we got to do yeah. that. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, look, we're, we're just scratching the surface here, mm-hmm. you know, as far as I'm concerned, as far as what CBD and can, you know, cannabis, the whole plant itself can do for humanity. Not just yeah. medicinally, but industrially. You know, for me, it's not about the adult use market. It's not about quote unquote recreational use. It's not about getting high. It's about you taking this plant and using it to its full advantage. And the true full advantages of this plant, and this is why they made it illegal is because it is truly a medicine that can work with many, many different ailments, many conditions, and it has limitless industrial uses. Uh, You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is the fact that I'm reading, you know, I just read an article today that hemp, you know, hemp production has gone down like 70% because there's no place for these farmers to sell the hemp because nobody's making industrial products yet. And the CBD market is obviously limited. You know, it's, it, there's plenty of that out there. 
And that makes me sad because this whole sustainability conversation, I never hear the word hemp in it, ever. From the government? From nobody. No, no, but it's one of the most sustainable plants on the planet. But anyway, I'm getting the two-minute warning from the boss. So what I want to do is I want to give you a chance to plug all your websites, your social media. Tell us about, you know, besides NECAN, if there's any events you're going to be at. Um, And tell us what stores we can find you at. So maybe somebody can go out and try it tomorrow. Yeah, great. Well, thank you again for the opportunity to be here. So so happy to be here. Um, So you can find us at uh, VinoHerbCBD.com and then um, Instagram and Facebook at VinoHerbCBD. We're also running a promotion um, for 25% off right now, uh, as well as free shipping. So if you were to purchase, and because of Earth Day in um, every package, I'm including a package of uh, sunflower seeds uh, just to help promote Earth Day. And um, also too, we are in um, local market hemp and the hidden gem in Wallingford. Um, and we are in Blazing Vibes in Milford and we are in Heirloom Market in Weathersfield. Uh, so if you're in any of those areas, check us out. Um, and otherwise, yeah, we're online. Uh, we'll be at NECAN. Uh, we're doing a pop-up uh, yoga and wine tasting at Divinely Rooted in Wallingford on Thursday or on Friday, I believe. Um, so, you know, we're always popping up here and there. Check out our Instagram. That's really where the, we're the most active in telling people where we are. Uh, and um, we'd love to connect. Uh, we, you know, are new to this to this world and we are, you know, just hoping to like network with other um, people who enjoy this type of product and cannabis in general. Uh, so, yeah. That's great. And I think, uh, I, and if people want to contact you, they can get you through social media if they want to have you at one of their events, be a sponsor at one of their events. Um, very, very cool. I'm very, I'm very glad we got to talk because I've always been interested in your product and, um, I'm looking forward to meeting you and seeing you at NECAN and trying, testing out your wine and we're going to actually have uh, Jeff from Blazing Vibes on here next week. Oh, no way. Yeah. Awesome. And Brian was on last week. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're when they're at the, the, the shows because they do all those crazy cool like glass blowing things. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> going to be a cool after party after NECAN uh, that's going to be thrown by Connecticut and Better okay. Ways. If you, they're looking, you might want to bring your uh, your wine up there and serve it at the party. You should talk to oh, Kevin yeah. over there from Connecticut. I'll, I'll see if we can link you guys up. But that'd be great. Yeah, the wine awesome. at the after party too. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> so that's Vino Herb CBD at Vino Herb CBD on um, Facebook and Instagram. And Harry is telling me to say goodbye now. Okay. We will see you on NECAN on May the 20th and 21st. That's at the Excel Center. And they can find out what booth you're at, probably from your social media, correct? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks again, Christina. We will see you soon. See you in May. Everybody else, have a great day. I'm sorry about the technical difficulties in the first, in the beginning. But hey, that's how it goes. It's live radio. But um, anyway, you can reach me at Joe the Weed Guy, at Greenhaven Media, or at Cannabis Corner Radio. I got three different social medias. You can.
Uh, so we will see you all next week. Uh, take care again. Next week will go smoother, I promise. I'm gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. Uh, uh, I'm taking it next semester, and I know why.